0: Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, welcome back. The finale of Summer Shorts today. What an incredible summer. We've had together. I tell you, if you're a note taker, today is uh, probably one of the more simple, more powerful messages that you're going to hear. And so grab your notebook, get on the edge of your seat and let's jump right in. Um, Last week, we discussed discipline in our devotion and we really talked about what happens when we uh, question the word of God. We identified two things um, that deceive us in our devotion specifically. One, when we uh, question the Word of God, this this eliminates or keeps us from gaining depth in our relationship with God. Nothing will deceive you quicker or make you second-guess your devotion to God than when you start to question His Word. Did God really say that? And so if you missed that message on YouTube, you can go back and get that now. Today, we're going to discuss the other, the second. What happens when we question God's character, when we look at and think about. I wonder if God's intentions are pure here. That's not up to us. And so last week we learned that Satan, our enemy, the devil, loves to make us question God's word. The other thing he likes to make us do is question God's character. And so our cornerstone scripture for today is a repeat scripture from last week. It's 2 Corinthians eleven three, 3, where Paul says, But I fear that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a complete and pure devotion to Christ. We do not want to be deceived in our devotion. This is our relationship. Remember, we have one faith. We have one relationship. This is our eternity. It's personal. It's our relationship with God. And so the thought process goes something like this when we start to question God's character. God's not fair. Um, He's not just. He's keeping things from me. He's out to get me. He did that. And we start giving um, poor credit to God for things that people are doing in our lives, right? And two of the, two of Satan's favorite words, if you're taking notes, two of Satan's favorite words to get us to question God's character, to get us to question God's intention are this, if and why, if and why. And you've heard these countless times. You just don't think about them together. You don't think about them as, as related or brother and sister, but they are. And you maybe even have asked yourself this. I'll give you some examples. If, if God is love, then why did he have to go? why did he pass away why did that happen if god heals then why wasn't she healed why didn't they overcome if god answers prayer then why did you fail why didn't your prayer get answered if god really cares if god really cares then why isn't your family following god if God really cares, if God really cares, then why doesn't this happen? Why isn't that happening? If and why, if God really loves me, why don't I feel it? If God, then why? It's the two things. You've, many of you have probably wondered this. You've heard it. Again, some of us have asked this. And I just want you to listen very, very carefully, very, very carefully. God does not break character, period. You can take that to the bank. He's consistent, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And so questioning God's character is wrong. And if you're taking notes, this is not going to be on your screen, but you need to write it down. If you're questioning God's character, okay, it breaks your trust with him. It eliminates your reverence for him and it dishonors him. It creates separation between you and God, you and him. So if you're questioning God's character, you're not devoted to God, you're not. God is good, he is love, he is merciful, he is holy, he is just. These things that I just said do not change. So when you question God's character, when you question his intentions, his purpose, his heart, or his motives, you're being deceived. You're being deceived. Last week in Genesis chapter 3, I want to reference, we looked at the story of Adam and Eve in the garden and how the serpent, Satan, really made Eve question God's word first and then his character or his intentions second. And it was, he's holding back from you. Okay? He doesn't want you to have this because it was... Big time deception, right? And today I can promise you that God's not holding anything back from you. He's not keeping anything from you. That everything that you've ever needed has been available to you. That you have free reign to do and say and believe and behave however you choose. It's called the power of choice. He gave it to you. But if any of your words or actions are a result of questioning God's word or questioning his character, you are deceived. And you're deceived because God has only ever wanted good for you. God has only ever wanted good for you. And this is why he gave his son. He gave his son so that you may have life and have it abundantly or to the fullest, right? And he gave you life so you can have it fully, not so that you would wonder or doubt or question or fear or reason. He gave you life so you could have it fully, now, we open this little mini-series with one scripture, 2 Corinthians eleven three. 3, but I fear as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a complete and pure devotion to Christ. And this is my concern for you too. And really, I believe this should be every pastor's concern for the people who are looking to them for spiritual leadership. This should be every pastor's concern that you would not be deceived, that you would not be deceived but would be completely and purely devoted to God. Because the secret to your devotion, here's the secret today, the secret to your devotion is loving Jesus. It's loving Jesus. Stay with me. Oh, here we go again, Jesus. No, no, you've heard it, but you haven't heard it like this. And so stay with me. The secret to loving Jesus is knowing that you're loved by Jesus. And a lot of us have a hard time with that. We can't believe it. You know, we have a hard time getting over that hump of, not good enough, not worthy, not me, you don't know, brother, all those things. And the reality is the secret to loving Jesus is knowing that you were loved by Jesus because he came and he gave his life for you. And it's really that simple. We overcomplicate it and we create silly things to do. And we do a lot of other things that we don't need to do. And we create some checklists and some rituals. And and man has made a lot of things to do to make sure we're checking the box of God's happy with me. And what I want you to know is Jesus loves you already anyways, as much now as he's ever going to. You're not going to do anything more that's going to make him love you more. It's 1 John 4:19 says, we love him because he first loved us. And the more we understand how much God loves us, the more you understand how much God loves you, the more you will love him. That's devotion. And so it really comes down to this. If you have difficulty in your devotion to God, you have a difficulty in understanding how devoted he is to you. Dang. If you have a difficulty in your devotion to God, you have a difficulty in understanding how devoted he is to you. That's real. Because reality is when you understand how much he loves you, you love him. Your devotion goes, man, there's great understanding It's Ephesians 1, 17, 18 that we pray at the end of every message, right? Because the reality is when you understand how much He loves you, you love Him back. When you understand how much God loves you, you understand that you are the most valuable thing that He has. You are God's treasure. should say that right now. I am God's treasure. Some of you don't believe that. You need to. You should. I'm God's treasure. Many of people have asked, uh, Over the past (laughs) two years, why did you park on Matthew 621 for your giving slide? Why is that the core of generosity for you guys? And Matthew 621 says, for where your treasure is, remember, you're a treasure, you're God's treasure. You are the most valuable thing that God has. And so then here's what Matthew 621 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will also be it's what you're devoted to. In verse 20 right before this in Matthew 6:20 it references treasure in heaven. And today I want you to know that treasure in heaven is people. Treasure in heaven is people. We use Matthew 6:21 because we treasure people. We value people and we understand that God's greatest treasure is people. So then we want We want our treasure and our heart to be in the same place, people, eternally. That makes sense. So then, if you can think of God's love for you, think about who found you. Who found you? Now listen, the Holy Spirit revealed to you the day that you decided to follow Jesus. If you haven't made that decision yet, it will be revealed to you soon. I pray that it's today. You didn't find God. He found you. And thank God the Holy Spirit revealed it to you. If you don't get anything else from today, I hope you walk away believing that you're God's greatest treasure, that He found you. If you're taking notes, my first point is this: your devotion is about Jesus finding you. Your devotion is about Jesus finding you. Even if you go back to Genesis chapter three, after Adam and Eve had sinned, let's go very. Let's, go, let's we've we've been through that last couple weeks. Adam and Eve sinned. Who found who? Who found who? Remember, they were deceived in the garden. They sinned. What happened next? What happened next? Did they go looking for God? Or did God come looking for them? God came and found them. God found them. And the same is true for us. We didn't find God. He found us. He found us. And we receive. We accept. Right? We didn't go looking for God. As a matter of fact, the same thing that Adam and Eve did is what we do. We hid. Right? We run. We run we hide, we make excuses, we create diversions, we do anything we can, right? And God came after you. God came looking for you. God paid the price for you. Remember the story of the prodigal son. This is in Luke chapter 15, verse 20 and 21. This is what you see with the father looking for you. This is what God, this is God looking for you. And it says, so he got up to the son, the prodigal son who'd went off. and, And if you don't know the story, there's two sons. One says, I've had enough. I'll take my inheritance. I'm going. And he becomes a person of the world who just blows his money and, and he ends up almost starving to death. And he brings himself to the point to say, you know what? My dad will let me work for him. And so the son gets up and he goes to his father and it says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His father saw him. Okay. And his, and his father was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, which no father did in that day. He threw his his arms around him and he he kissed him. Now, how did the father see him far away? How did the father see him far away? He was looking for him. He was looking for him every single day. And And the day came where he saw him. God is looking for you. God's always going to look for you. He's always going to look for you. And so then, Verse 21, the son said to the father, father, I've sinned against you, against heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And what do you see here? What do you see here? The son comes, he has zero pride. I'm shelfing all that stuff, man. And he has a repentant heart. And that's all God's asking from you. Shelf your pride. Own it, right? Be real, be real. We all fall down, right? the son comes, he has, he shelves his pride. He's fully repentant. What's the father do? He puts him in, puts a ring on his finger, gives him a robe, gets him some shoes, gets him a shower, gets him fed, rejoices. Every time one person makes a decision to follow Jesus, to receive Jesus, to accept Jesus, that's what happens in heaven. What's the son say? I'm sorry, dad. man, I'm sorry, dad. And that's all it took. And that's all it took because a father's love is a father's love, right? Not to steal from gone in 60 seconds, but, but kind of. And so then you always find what you value. You always find what you value. What are you looking for right now? Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it. You value it. I like watching Mika Auto Auctions. Love looking at old cars and old trucks. I'm just blown away by restoration of old vehicles. I look and I find, and I can get on the internet right now an auto trader or who cares and find really good deals on old cars because I find what I value. You find what you value. God values you. No matter how long you run or where you hide, God will find you. God will find you. And it's gonna be revealed to you. I hope you know that. What you find is what you value. Where's your devotion? The second point is this. Your devotion is about Jesus buying you. It's about Jesus buying you. You aren't stolen and nobody gifted you to heaven or to Jesus, right? You were purchased. You were bought with a price. Jesus purchased you. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says you were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Of Jesus and made his own. So then, honor and glorify God with all of you. The value of everything, you wanna say, well, you know what I mean, man, I'm not worth that much. The value of everything is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it, right? And so then, I saw a car on the auction just the other night. It went for $1.7 million. And I can't even tell you what it was. It was obviously very rare. And I was just blown away that the number kept going up. And I thought, that's nuts. That's nuts. There's no way. There's no way. And that doesn't really mean that that's what it's worth. That only means that's what that guy and his wife are willing to pay for it. Right? And so your car, your house is only worth like you, you right now, the housing market's up. Well, I think we could get, you know, this for it. Why? Housing market's up. You might think your house is worth $150,000 more than the market says, but it's really only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it, right? People value cars in the millions. People value houses in the millions, and that's great. But it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. I wouldn't pay a million dollars for any car ever. I just think that's ignorant. Okay, I, I can't get over it. So the minute you have to ask yourself, what is your value? What is your value? What are you worth? What are you worth? That needs to be identified today. God can tell you, I can tell you, you need to identify your worth and your value. Because what you need to know is the highest price price that was ever paid for anything. The highest price that was ever paid for anything was paid for you. So what are you worth? You're worth a million. What are you worth? You don't have to be a dollar amount. What are you worth? What you need to know is the highest price, the highest price that was ever paid for anything was paid for you. It was a life. Not only that, it was the walk to the death. that was just as hard as everything else. To God, you're worth what Jesus is worth. I hope you see that. That life was Jesus' life. God gave him for you. So to God, you are worth what his son Jesus is worth. God gave him for you. In John 17, we see in Jesus' prayer for unity. It's probably my favorite prayer, period. He says to God, you love them as much as you love me. So then now you see when I say that you're royalty, that you're royalty, you see what I mean? And what you need to know is your worth matches Jesus' worth. Man, that's powerful. If you believe it, the father loves you as much as he loves the son. And so then when we grasp this as believers, it brings great revelation to us. Because if you're like me and you know you, like I know me, you know that you could probably be more disciplined. You could be more devoted, right? Or the opposite, you could walk away. You could walk away. You could look at mistakes or failures and be like, can't do it. But the truth is, the truth is, regardless of how you feel and how you know you and you think that you're not a good person or you're a great person, okay, either way you look at it, Jesus bought you. Jesus bought you and he paid full price. Romans 8 38 and 39 says, I'm convinced and continue to be convinced. Beyond any doubt that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present and threatening, nor things to come in the future, nor powers or height or depth, nor any other thing created will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You were bought with a price. He paid full price. What do I mean? All purchases are final. There's no refund policy because you're not returnable and you're not refundable. Once you've been bought and paid for, you're bought and paid for. So then nothing can separate you from the love of God, and nothing will ever change your worth to God. Well, I keep X. Your worth doesn't change. Well, I'm just never gonna. Your worth doesn't change. Your worth never changes to God, period. Third point, final point. Third point, your devotion is about Jesus hiding you. This is phenomenal truth. A lot of us, like manly men, like you know, <laughs> a a type person, I was like, I ain't hiding from nobody. It's not like that. Okay, this is phenomenal truth. It's my question to you today. If you had to choose today, and you could only pick one, you could only pick one. Which would you choose today, grace? Or works. You can only pick one. You have to pick right now. Which one would you pick? Would you pick grace or would you pick works? This is about Jesus hiding you. This is phenomenal truth. And what you need to know is you will never live a righteous life by the works of legalism, by doing things to please God. You will only live a righteous life by the grace of God. You are saved by grace, not by works. And so that if you could choose today between grace and works, the answer is grace. You choose grace, and you choose grace every time. Choose grace every time. You're saved by grace, and grace hides you in Christ. Let's see it. This is Colossians 3.3. 3. I'm gonna give you a couple scriptures here. Colossians three three says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Hidden with Christ in God. John 10.27 27. 29 through 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. If they're not following, they're not his, by the way. Takes devotion to follow. Just saying. Verse 28, and I give them eternal life. Give, which means it's free to you, paid for by him. And they shall never perish. Never meaning never, ever, ever. You will never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Why? Because you are covered. You are hidden in Christ. My father who has given them to me, verse 29, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand either. You're his forever. Why? Because you were bought with a price. Why? Because he loves you. And so if you remember Romans 8:38, 39, no matter what happens yesterday or tomorrow, nothing Nothing, nothing, nothing can ever or will ever separate you from the love of God. You're covered. Finally, this is the scripture that sums up this entire, you know, series where we call our time together talking about the depth of our devotion. This is the scripture. It's, it's Ephesians 1. It's 13 and 14. It says this, please, please tune in to me right now. It says this, in him, you also trusted, highlight trusted, After you heard the word of truth, highlight the word of truth, that's the gospel, of your salvation, highlight salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed, covered, hidden, with the redemption of the purchased possession, that's you, to the praise of his glory, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth of your salvation, whom, also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit promise, God never breaks a promise. God never breaks a promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of the glory? God never breaks a promise, he never breaks a guarantee. Your inheritance is eternity. You see it all right there in Ephesians 1:13 and 14. Hebrews 12, 2 in the Amplified Version says this, looking away from all that will distract us and focus our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. The first incentive for our belief in the one who brings our faith to maturity, the one who brings our faith to maturity and for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame And set down at the right hand of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Now, in that, I underlined the joy. Do you know what the joy of Jesus was? Our three points finding you, buying you, and hiding you. You're a treasure. You're a treasure. And he bought the whole world. And so you're in that. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, that is the God. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world. It doesn't say he was reconciling non-believers or believers. Get all the Christians rallied. No, it doesn't say that. He was that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not inputting their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation. He bought the world and it's committed to reconciliation with every single person. That means restoration for every single relationship because God was in Christ reconciling the world, not Christians. This is not a holy huddle. This is for the whole world. He bought the whole world. how did he do this? Through Jesus. You're God's treasure. I need to show you two things. Two things. Exodus 19:5. You knew scripture was coming. I know you did. Exodus 19:5. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. For all the earth is mine. Your special treasure. Matthew 13, 45 and 46. Again. The kingdom of heaven, this is a phenomenal parable here. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. I want you to underline merchant and fine pearls. The merchant here is not you or me. It isn't us. The merchant is Jesus. And he's telling it how it is. You and me are the fine pearls that he is looking for. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. This is Jesus looking for us. You're a treasure. You're a fine pearl. Verse 46, when he, Jesus, found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Jesus found you. He gave everything that he had and he bought you with a price. And now you're hidden in him. You know the price he paid. So then your life is not about your performance. Your life is not about your performance. It never will be. It's about Jesus and his performance. And his performance is perfect. We'll never match it. We'll never match it. Your action step today is this. As we close summer shorts, 12 weeks of summer, it's been amazing. We've dug deep into remaining connected to our source, being still and knowing who God is, being assured and being devoted. Here is your action step. Do not let your devotion be inconsistent. Today's message should be enough for you to commit or to recommit to Jesus. If not, I want you to take the last three weeks of messages. It's going to total around 70 minutes total for three weeks. That's nothing. Go back and listen. Ask yourself and answer the tough questions. Eliminate anything in the way. Eliminate anything in the way of your devotion to Jesus. Because Jesus is all in on you. He went all in a long time ago. He's looking for you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.